Welcome back to another edition of Sound the Sirens. I'm your host, Thomas Ornis, and today I'm also joined in with my dad, Craig Ornis. We just had the honor of interviewing former Iowa State player John Neal, who played under Eustachie his first year as a walk-on, and then eventually was playing under Wayne Morgan and had many special moments at Iowa State, and we go over them. And my dad actually was the neighbor of John when he was a really young boy on Winterset, Iowa, and... We go over, we reminisce over the past, and yeah, I think you guys will enjoy this one. So let's get to the show. Down court, off the glass, good, double, 10 play. But something special is in the air here. Long. Games, Brees Hall over the right side, powering in, touchdown Cyclones. Out to the 10, to the left side, to the 5, touchdown! Oh my goodness, what a run by Wallace. Um, you know, this is gonna, I was really looking forward to this because I've known you since you were in the 4th grade, and I remember vividly when we'll, and we'll get to it eventually when you had hit those shots against Iowa that I felt like I was watching my own kid play because I knew your dad. I know your history of, you know, how you got to that point and everything. And I just I just still remember you because I knew your dad um, in my fourth grade basketball camp thing at Winterset. And yeah. then, you know, we moved out. We moved away and we followed your little history here. So so when you're so when you're in high school, I know you got hurt. I think your junior year, possibly, is that right? And then you kind of got taken off the AAU circuit, and that kind of messed up your recruiting. Is that right? Am I remember that right? Yeah, dating back to high school, um, we we had a, a decent year at Winterset, my junior season, and then yeah, junior summer, I I you know kids do it all the time. You, you you miss a layup or you have a turnover, and I I punched the that padding behind the basket like a like a moron. <laughs> and fractured my, they call it that boxer break. Oh, so wow. my shooting hand and yeah, I was pretty much sidelined my entire junior summer. Couldn't play. I was going to be a part of some of the AU teams that, that were available. They had like the Martin brother tryouts, all that stuff. And um, yeah, I essentially had to miss all of that. So my recruiting that junior year was really non-existent um, because of that. So, yeah, I mean, I went into my senior year um kind of hoping that, you know, I could find a home almost anywhere. So who, what were your other options besides walking on at Iowa State? You know, all the, all the Iowa conference schools, uh, some D2 schools, small D1 schools, no one really, as far as D1, no one really offered me uh, small, you know, you could, I could have gone to, you know, the Simpson route and those type of things. And I kind of shut off what was, what was, I was pretty fortunate to where, um, we had a connection to Iowa State. We knew Pete Taylor extremely well. My dad, he was kind of similar to your story. Uh, he saw us in diapers as well. Right. And kind of helped with the recruiting process, introduced um, myself to Coach Eustachie and their staff. And, and they came and watched a few games and said, hey, they've got a good team. The kid can play. And, um, you know, we'd, we'd love to have him as a walk-on. So that was – I was pretty fortunate to where I had an introduction – uh, within within the Iowa State family, and then had a good game when they came along, and and that's the only place I wanted to play. So as far as kind of looking at any other schools, 
you know, with my dad playing at Iowa State and and kind of taking us to every football game, as many basketball games we could go to. It was it was kind of a no brainer for me. Um, if they just if they would have let me sit on the end of the bench for four years, I'd have signed up in a heartbeat. So people probably don't, you know, unless they're as old as I am, probably don't remember your dad. But your dad was yeah. he, he's in the Hall of Fame. Am I right? At Iowa, State? Iowa High School. Yeah. Oh, Iowa High. Yeah. So in football. Yeah. yeah. So I, he told me the story that uh, you guys were digging through his stuff and found his offer from Notre Dame. Is that right? Do you remember that? We saw his, you know, I'll, I'll give my dad, my dad was phenomenal. I think he was, I want to say he was like the Gatorade. I don't know what they called it back in right. the in 70s, but was the high school athlete of the year in Iowa. And he got offered by every single school in the country, pretty much, except Ohio State. Wow. Um, and that was kind of his, it's funny you say that, because that was his dream school. That's where he wanted to go. But um, no, he still, yeah, we dug up a bunch of his recruiting letters. I mean, Tom Osborne had handwritten notes to him. And, oh, wow. Yeah, and, and that was back when Iowa had all those great assistant coaches. So kind of seeing what they would do. And he even took a picture. Uh, it was probably a few years ago. But it's just kind of funny now with social media compared to what they're doing back then. But it's like newspaper clippings and a picture of like my dad and his girlfriend, and which is my mom now. But how they were kind of putting things, this little collage together. And uh, it was pretty cool to see to see that type of stuff. Yeah, his. I knew that. You know, I didn't. I guess I didn't know he had that many offers. But you know, I, that's how I got to know you. Is actually we were next door neighbors when I, when my first year I was married. And this yeah. is an off story, but you know, your dad is a he's a big dude. He was an offensive lineman in the yeah. big the Big Eight back then with Earl Bruce. So there's you know wasn't he was a, on a good team and he knocked on our door and had a plate of cookies in his hand in his swimsuit. <laughs> And my wife just about she had no idea what was going on. Who is this guy with cookies? And it was your dad, who's one of the nicest people on the planet. I've known him forever, and and that was my yeah. introduction to the Neil family. And um, there's I get I could go on and on about stories about you guys. So so he, tell me about so tell yeah, some, so tell us about uh, um, your first introduction to a Eustachy practice or how you kind of got into that whole thing. Oh man, I, I um. You know, you'd hear about it. You'd hear about it from other guys. You know, you talk to other former players and then guys that were kind of going in. And it it, it was the most intimidating thing, just hearing about it, because there were legendary stories. And and I remember our first practice, he would have, you know, we would, we would start the practice where he'd have almost like team unity type things that he'd institute to, um, to for obviously a, a number of reasons. But we call them the links and, and we'd run. Uh, together as a team in a straight line and we'd go down and back five times and it had to be perfect and it had to be under 30 seconds and if it wasn't perfect then you'd start over and then you'd stop and start over and then after that we'd go in we transitioned to this fast break layup drill and I remember we did that for about 30 minutes and that was considered like the warm-up and we missed two layups in like 30 40 minutes and I remember him just stopping. He said, obviously, you guys you guys don't want to warm up, so I'll, I'll warm you up. And I, I'm not BSing you. We we ran for sprints two hours straight. And oh I just my. thought, I, no way we're going to practice. He goes, okay, guys, now we can now we can start practice. And it was <laughs> – I knew right then and there this, this, this was going to be a unique experience. But I – you know, I, I loved I loved those starts. I mean, you were challenged from from minute one to the depending on how many hours we practiced to the very end. You were challenged, 
mentally and physically. And it was, it was, it was never an individual challenge. It seemed like he always found a way, even with individual drills to bring the team together. Um, and, and it seemed like we were all invested in something or had something to lose. And I think there was, there was some real genius behind that with, with what he was able to accomplish from just a training and conditioning perspective. Wow. Yeah. But that, that was, that was brutal. I remember that. I remember just that inner thought of like, oh man, I'm in, I don't know what I got myself in. You know, you're not in Winterset anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like, exactly right. When you were in high school, did you go to like the Tinsley games? Were you, did you get to attend any of those games? So like the, I yeah, did not only Tinsley, but shoot, I was going back to the games when Hurl Beecham was throwing up Hoiberg, Lauren Meyer, all those guys. Um, so I was, I was diehard. I mean, I remember when we used to, when you'd wait for the players similar out, you know, to our locker room, they used to come up, we'd come, we'd come through the stadium, but they'd come up the stairwell behind the, behind uh, Hilton Coliseum there and just hoping and wishing to get one of their autographs and, and kind of hanging out. It was that as many games as we could go to, but we also shoot, we, um, football games, Troy Davis. I mean, we, we, we would do anything to get back. And it was kind of cool. I don't remember the, I don't know if you remember this, Craig, but my dad, he was the sideline reporter. Oh, right. Um, Vividly. He yeah. did some of it for a couple of years. So we got to go back and hear McCarney talk and listen to Troy Davis give interviews. And, you know, that, that just tied you even closer to Iowa state. Cause it just made it feel like, you knew the inner workings and all those things. So it was, it was pretty unique. Yeah. Our new sideline report. No, we're good. Uh, our new uh, our new sideline reporter for Iowa State football this year is actually from Humboldt. No, oh, is he? Yeah, okay, it's Ryan Harklaw. So, um, yeah. So the, the I, I think I think my I think Big Brian did it for the free hot dogs and right? travel. I think he there there were some value adds there that he took advantage of. Well, and he had the Pete Taylor connection, of course, too. So, yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, like you growing up a huge Iowa State fan, do you like remember the first time walk running out of Hilton as a player? Like, does that stick out in your head, how special that I, was? I do. I, I remember – I still remember the first time we did – we used to do individual workouts, and sometimes we'd go in – uh, we'd go into Hilton and get, do our individual workouts. So I remember the first time we did an individual workout and just going back into the locker room and then coming out of the locker room and through. And even even when there weren't any fans, you could just there – was, there was just this amazing feeling of – you know, just, oh man, the history and, and just no, I mean, for me, I've never even seen, I, I never saw stands behind the hoop. So, you know, just seeing this huge auditorium arena, um, it, it was, it was so cool. And, and, and something I still remember, I still remember walking out, but then when there were fans, you know, that fight song and, and our fight song and all those things. And yeah, there, there's nothing like it. And to be honest, every time you ran out just because of our fans, you, you, you felt it because we always had that lower bowl filled. They were always standing and it seemed like we always had at least, depending on who we were playing, 10,000 plus. And uh, so you really had it each and every game. So do you remember the very first time you had the warm up on and you ran out, what that feeling was like? I mean, was, especially being a fan, I mean, that had to be dream, dream come, come true. true. Yeah. As, as a player, you just think like, wow, I, you know, I've, I've, it's something you worked for, right? So yeah. it's, just the, just the payoff, right? That, that, that payoff of man, all the, all the work and, and all the people that have helped you through the way. And, and just that, that amazing euphoric type feeling. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of indescribable, but something I, I, I remember and I enjoyed every, every second, never took it for granted. Wow. That's cool. 
Um, yeah, so, like, what was some of, like, the most memorable? Like, do you remember your, like, first shot that you made? Like, your first shot of in Hilton and, like, to have the crowd roar and you're like, wow, this is this is awesome. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> We 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 did we did it uh, an intra squad scrimmage and I remember just hitting that and that was probably in front of a couple thousand people and you're just like oh my gosh and when you got into a game the game's so fast and um it was it was an exhibition game I can't remember the exact team but I I got in and um and that first shot I made you you couldn't even you, you almost for me, it's almost like I forgot what I was doing after that because you. I wanted to celebrate it. I wanted to run around. Yeah. I couldn't because I probably missed ten before that. So <laughs> seeing one finally go down was 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 a hell of a feeling. But um, I do remember that sometimes, even with with other services, if you hit a big shot, you're just like, man, you you want to go crazy because you you just know what 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 was put into that, the effort that was put into it, and and those type of things. So yeah. So give us give everybody that's going to watch this and listen to this a uh, little bit of context. Who were you, like your freshman year? Mm-hmm. Who were you? Who was on the team? Who were you practicing with? Who were you close with? Yeah, um, you know my freshman year they were coming off. So the the year if we back up two years prior they had won uh, a, their second Big Twelve championship. So they they were they were loaded. Then they lost the majority of that team. They brought back Jake Sullivan. There were some transfers from Jake's team. So. You had Jake Sullivan, you had uh, Jared uh, Holman, and then you had this this recruiting class, which I think was a I think at the time it was a top ten, top five recruit, national recruiting class, and that was Jackson Roman and Adam Haleska and Tim Barnes and Jerome Harper, and Chris Alexander, and man, was that a collection of guys? You're right. I mean, yeah, I forgot about a couple of those awesome. names. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you you, you had all, all across really the world at times with with our teams and and. Um, so, so yeah, that I remember, you know, we really hung out, everyone kind of hung out, but having that eclectic group, group of guys that, um, you know, all had, all came from different stories and all had huge personalities. And then for me, it's kind of like, you know, having, having a, a twist cone was a big deal, you know, <laughs> you know, so, you know, it was, it was, it was so cool to kind of interact and, and grow up fast in, in, in that environment. And, Man, even even to this day, I'm super close with 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 uh, with those guys, and and yeah, I remember that freshman year, just kind of thinking like, wow, this you know, just listening to them, going out with them, being exposed to different things, and it, it was it was very cool. So your freshman year, you didn't get a ton of minutes, right? No, um, I started playing towards the end of like the last ten games. I got. I got a, a, some pretty good runs where I'd maybe play like eight to 10 minutes. We had a lot of injuries. Oh yeah. And, um, so, so I, I kind of got put in for defensive reasons and kind of earned my way onto the court that way. And, um, but not a ton sophomore year. I started playing more consistently. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. And you were there for like the ugliness of the Larry, like the end of the Larry area era. Like what yeah. do you remember of like the very end of that was like the turmoil of that, that, what that was sure yeah so he was he was there my freshman year and then coach morgan was obviously there as well who, who ended up taking over after my freshman year but yeah it was it was it was obviously very unfortunate i mean you know i a guy that had so much success i mean gosh he was the national coach of the year national not big 12 national coach of the year and you know from my perspective was was phenomenal 
um, as, as far as just his, his eye, his eye for defense, defensive principles and, and, and communicating that. I think in, in, in our everyday lives and professional lives, there's just people that can just truly communicate a message and simplify it for any audience. And man, he could do that. He could get the best out of people. And, and so that was, that was tough because we kind of, you know, it started early. It started during the season. And again, dating back, there wasn't, there wasn't social media. So, you know, Facebook was kind of just being introduced. And so we, we just heard about it through like pictures, like literally like Polaroid pictures were coming out and we didn't believe it. And guys would say, you know, that's, <laughs> however they're doctoring those. I don't know how you would do that, but um, we, we didn't know what to believe. And, and then when it kind of ran court, played its course out and, and um, we found out that it was, it was, it was pretty unfortunate just because I, I, I admired the guy just as a fan, you know, being, being a part of that. And, and obviously he had some, he had some things that, that, that um, kind of were inhibiting him and, and, Obviously, we, we kind of know his story. There was some treatment issues, but, you know, just as a coach, if you're just speaking basketball, my gosh, that guy was, he was amazing. He was, he was great to me and, and he, he had an eye and, and a philosophy and, and all those things that, that was for me, tremendous, tremendous to be a part of and tremendous to learn from. Yeah. And I, and I, I thought highly of Coach Eustacey too. I mean, I was actually yeah. in Lubbock the night they clinched the big 12 championship with Pfizer with him. And he was like, two years yeah. old and got to shake his yeah. hand at a bar and it was just him and I and Pete Taylor and John yeah. Walters, I think. And um, so I don't, I'm not, don't want this to come off as me throwing him under the bus, but that Missouri game is at Columbia is where all of this precipitated. Yeah. Right? Your dad called me the week before and said, Hey, what are you doing next week? John's playing in Columbia. Do you want to go? And yeah. I said, sure. So him and I jumped in your car in his car and drove to Columbia. And I actually said this, I said, so I heard you station goes out downtown after we play in Missouri, we had to stay in town and hang out. Maybe we'll run into him downtown. And we just laughed it off because <laughs> him and I drove back. Um, we drove back that night. Yeah. And, and so then it was like two weeks later, I had yeah. seen the pictures for the first time and I yeah. called your dad and I said, well, I guess I was right. And that thought nothing of it, but then yeah. it was like another month that it blew up at least, at least. Yeah. yeah. And then it went bananas and, you know, it, it, cause so I, you know, I, you know, you brought up social media. Can you imagine if that oh, would have God. happened today? You would have got, it would have been yeah. within hours. Been, you he wouldn't have made, yeah. he wouldn't have survived the season. And it's just, and so I, I said this at the time, I actually faxed a letter that tells you how old I am oh, yeah. um, to <laughs> Vanderbilt saying there's no pictures. He's still your coach. So, yeah. so if it's, it's the visual that you guys can't get over. It was, there was a, there was a huge divide, obviously, because right. I mean, the optics of it, but then also we were losing basketball games that never helped. Um, but kind of going back to your point, that, that was, that was so, that's what was so great about Coach Eustacey as well. He was so approachable, right? right. He, he'd have a beer, whether you were donating 50,000 a year to Iowa state, or if you were just some guy at a bar, you know, that, that wanted to share a story. And he could connect with either one. And, 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 you know, that's, that's why I think there was a lot of people that, that had that admiration and appreciation for him throughout his years. Well, I remember when that happened, you and I think Holman were pretty yeah. vocal about, you know, trying to keep him on too, because you, you really yeah. showed a lot of loyalty towards him. We did. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, you know, like I said, there, there was, it was just like, things were just different, you know, 20 right. years 
go. It was just different how you communicated, not necessarily right or wrong. And I'm not speaking for other people's experiences or any of those things or um, very sensitive to those, those experiences. But my personal experience, you know, the guy, the guy made me better and better as a basketball player, better as a person, you know, a more disciplined person. So um, there's, there's a lot of credit in, in all parts of, of my life for coaching station, yeah. just, just even that year spending with him. Yeah, it was too bad. I mean, and, and but it's water under the bridge, and everybody's yep. moved on, and and so then you transition to the Morgan years. Yep. And so you know how was that transition? I remember his press conference, and you know how he ended up taking the job. But he was a heck of a recruiter. Yeah. And, yeah. And so you know, was it a big change from a practice standpoint, or? Yeah. So, which was great. I I think that was a that was a good decision, good internal decision, obviously to to bring on Wayne and. He had a connection with not only the guys from from our t- current team, but also the recruits. And and he played a hand in Curtis Stinson, uh, you know, who was an all Big Twelve type player, and and Will Blaylock, who was an all type, um, a Big Twelve player, played a, a few years in 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 the pros. Um, so he, I think, he was kind of that 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 connection and that bridge to those guys. And, and was able to kind of secure their commitment. So I, I thought it was phenomenal. I liked Wayne, still like Wayne. I mean, Wayne's a great guy. He was fun to play for and, and kind of brought that excitement back to Hilton. You know, we, we, we played a, a fast-paced um, style of basketball that was, that was fun to watch, but also we defended. He, he had a unique zone defense that he brought over from Syracuse, and then also we kind of mixed up a, mat, uh, a matchup zone that, that, that he instituted – so he was, man, I loved playing for Wayne. He, he was a great guy, is a good, great guy. And um, yeah, we had, we had good teams. I, you know, I think sometimes there was a few, a few years of sophomore year, I think we fell short a few areas and junior year, we had a great season. Senior year, we had, we had a really good team and just, man, we lost, gosh, I don't know what it was exactly, like seven games under four points in big four where we led with, you know, a minute and a half to go or some crazy stats. So we had some good teams and, and uh, yeah, Wayne, Wayne, Wayne was great. Wayne was great to play for. And uh, give it back to your sophomore year when you yeah. the Texas game and I was grounded or whatever at the hotel and my, I, I couldn't <laughs> yeah. go to that game. So he got in trouble. So I wouldn't let him go. We broke the road when we broke the, uh, the losing streak. No, the one at home where like, Oh, okay. The, I can't remember his name. The kid, kid, Kid from Iowa who's in the free throw line place went crazy. Boddicker. Wasn't yeah. it Boddicker? Was the, in the, yeah. And he missed the free throw I'm line. I'm telling you, if you want to remember, that's one. You know, because I, I don't think it was sold out, but you know how you could, like, see. That's the loudest I've ever – I mean, when, when he was at the free throw line to, to pretty much tie or go ahead, and the crowd pretty much made him miss that, that those free throws. It was it was insane. Um, but I've got a great story for you, too. When we, we played Texas – uh, at, at Texas and we had like, gosh, I don't know how many conference, I think it was, we had lost like maybe 15, 16, seven, whatever it was, consecutive conference road games. And Jared Holman just bless his heart. He was, um, he, he was like, we're going to win this game. He, every game we went to, I think this had been like that season, like the sixth or seventh row game and we lost. He's like, we're going to win. We're going to win. We're going to win. And every road game he he brought, I don't know how he got these on, but like three or four bottles of champagne. <laughs> After he, 
he started spraying Morgan, Coach Morgan, with champagne and then dumped it on his head. And Coach Morgan was so happy. Obviously, we broke tree was a big win, but it was so funny. I remember when he goes, you're going to pay for this $3,000 suit. <laughs> but yeah we were celebrating like rock stars after that one i mean it, it had been a long time since we had won on the road yeah i've ever remember that as a kid and just like it was a i think it was an overtime game and it was like I yeah I, I hadn't seen you guys dead on the road game and probably since tinsley was playing and yep you're dead on and that was a that was a special special night in the ornis household for sure yeah those are always fun. I mean, it, you felt better the next day at school. I remember that. I, for some reason, Iowa State wins always. It was easier to go to school the next day. Yeah. So when you when that happened, I mean, tell you know, tell us about that. You know, you're when you were going on walking on campus. You know, I I, ta- I talked to Tyrus McGee one time, and I said, "Tell yeah. me how many people asked for your autograph when you were in high school," and he said zero. <laughs> yeah. And so so now when you're probably. In Winterset, you probably didn't get your autograph asked for ever. Yeah. And so when that stuff like that happens, you know, what's it like when having little kids coming up and ask for your autograph or, you know, some cute girl on campus is, yeah. you know, all of a sudden talking to you because she knows you're on the team and all this yeah. kind of stuff. What's that like? Because I've know, never experienced I tried, a trip. I either. tried to get some – listen, <laughs> I, I tried to get some recognition. You'd wear the gear – and the problem was, is I was just an average player. So I'd be with Jared or I'd be with someone else. And they're like, yeah, that's, that's fine, John, but we need, we need Jared's. <laughs> so no, but it was, I mean, the kids, I loved coming after the games and, and spending time because um, I remember being that kid. And I remember how much it meant to me and shoot. I, 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 I remember I still had footballs and basketballs and all that stuff signed from players you know now 30 40 50 years ago and it was it was so cool so um i always enjoyed that we also got to go on a a bunch of travel camps where we travel the state and i did that our assistant and and some of the other players that was cool not only did you get get to meet the kids you get to play with the kids and practice and show them drills and interact but you get to meet the families and and spend time with them and then meet some of the uh, donors and boosters and, and kind of hear their stories and talk about their business and the success they've had. So it was, you know, I would, I would state such a unique university from their fans and, and, and donors and everything. They're just, they're just really good people. And um, that's what I really enjoyed. You, you, you felt that they authentically cared about, you know, how you were doing and the success you had both on and off the court, which I don't know if that's always the case and with other schools, but yeah. it, felt like that when I was there. I think that travel camp stuff has gone away. Yeah, I don't, I mean, think, they I don't anymore. think they do that anymore, which is too bad. Is it illegal? Or, yeah, I don't know. Are they paying guys too much? Well, because you guys came to Fort Dodge St. Edmunds, I remember. Yeah. And Tashid yep. Carr was there. Curtis was there. Yep. And I don't know how old you were. I was probably like six or seven. And so he was playing, and they, you know, he was not, he was kind of a quiet kid, and they asked him what to call him, and he said, call me T.O. <laughs> And so Curtis and Tashid were super nice to him, and they kept calling him Teal when I picked him up, and I was just dying laughing. I thought it was so funny because, you know, couldn't get five words out of him at home, but now he's got Curtis Stinson calling him T.O. He's got nicknames. He's got – Right, so then the next winter, we go yeah. to an Iowa State game, and we always hung around and got autographs for these guys. Yeah. Thomas walks up to Curtis Stinson and gets his autograph, and I am not kidding you, this is six months later. Curtis yeah. hands it back to him and goes, here you go, T.O. So he That's remembered good. him 
from yeah. that little camp in Fort Dodge. Yeah. It was crazy. They, they were, yeah, and those were great. I mean, I, same, same, same stories where, yeah, you just, you remembered, you, you had fun with it. And, um, yeah, it's too bad they don't do those anymore because that, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think uh, in a year or two, I think the paycheck will be there for them to do that. Unfortunately, I think they'll be able to name and likeness. Thing. Yeah, yeah, they'll be able to go do camps around the states. I feel like that. Yeah, that's that'd be huge. Hopefully, they. Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, like that'll be that'll be a game changer. They work. They they should work to something like that. I mean, that'd be a great way to interact and 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 do a good thing and and make some money. Could have had John. You could have sold John Neal bobbleheads back in the day. Yeah. Oh man, we tr- we tried to we tried to um not bobbleheads, but we tried to run a camp after I graduated because we're like you know they were making good money and and right. it's a little different calling as John Neal Enterprises than Iowa State University. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So, uh, do you want to? What ready for the Iowa game yet? Yeah. Or do you want? Uh, like speaking about image likeness, I think if a John Neal jersey after the Iowa game would have, and if you got a share of that, I think you you'd be living in a penthouse right now. <laughs> uh, I, I went back and looked at because I was really little, so, so I went back and watched like the end of that game. Man, yeah, that was awesome. What, yeah, I couldn't imagine what that felt like hitting those threes at the end of the game to beat a team that you probably did not like growing up. And playing against so it's the Steve Alford, the Steve Alford era, Paul Pierre or Pierre Pierre, excuse me, who was had his own yep. problems back then. So, you know, tell us a little bit about you know what it was like to hit those big threes. I, true Iowa State fans remember it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. You know, tell us a little bit about that game. It was, um, you know, candidly, I hated Iowa. Still hate Iowa. Can't stand <laughs> Iowa. Um, you know, and and it's funny because. You know, Adam Haleska had transferred, remember? He had just right. transferred after the freshman. That was a huge deal. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm friends with Adam to, the, to this day, and, and he's obviously a great guy. With um, He's got a family in Solon, Iowa. So, But I, I couldn't stand him. And I had started to play, you know, going into that game, I had started playing a little bit more and, and had a little bit of rhythm, had come in and made some shots and was getting more and more minutes. Um, to that point, I really hadn't played. Um, but if we back up to shoot around one of, one of my dear friends then and dear friends now, Dave Edwards was one of the, the coaches during that time. And, and I remember we'd always, we'd always shoot, um, at the end of practice and he'd give like a situation. He's just like, I, I have a feeling you're going to make, you're going to hit a corner shot tonight. That's going to be a big deal. And he passed it out. He's like, make it now and you'll make it in the game and just kind of, you know, getting you in that mental mindset. And, um, so we did that and then fast forward to that game and, you know, it was, it was crazy where I get in, we're trailing and, and we'd really lost all the momentum. And, um, fortunately, you know, it was a, it was a drive and kick play as I remember, and they kicked it out. And for whatever reason, I just, I just knew I was going to make that shot in the corner. And then I had another shot come my way. It just, I just, for whatever reason, just was in a great rhythm and felt confident. And that was another time where, where Hilton just went bananas. And I, I was, acrobatic doing somersaults. I mean, I look back now because there's some photos people are showing me and I just think, what the heck is that moron doing? Like, <laughs> pumping fists. Like, you know, it's almost like something out of major league baseball, you know, the movie where they're like going nuts and losing their minds. So I, I look back and it still brings a smile on my face because, you know, for me, it was, it was such a big, it was such a big deal because I hated Iowa. I loved Iowa state more than anything. It was a big game for us. Um, you know, as a team, we kind of went on this great run and, and man, everyone had plays Jackson had huge plays and, 
Jake had, I mean, Jake was Jake, had a phenomenal game, but um, just kind of going through that, there was, there was no better feeling, you know, um, hitting those shots, being a part of it. And then I didn't know that it would kind of take, you know, take off like it did. I mean, I, I made a few shots and the next thing I knew it, they were writing articles in the paper pretty much <laughs> like John Neal beat Iowa. I mean, you would have thought I scored a hundred points sometimes as, as the story kind of grew. I, want, and, I found it. This is the Waterloo Courier from 2000, 2004. Yeah. It says Cyclones yeah. find the real Neal. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And I loved it. I don't know who wrote that, but I mean, I, I, I loved him for doing it. It was so much fun to be a part of and, and to kind of share that experience with some of my high school friends that were big Iowa State fans. And, and obviously my, my, my dad, he was actually out of town. I didn't know if you knew this, but he, no. was, he was traveling back and forth. He had to miss that game for work. He, he was partnering with a guy in California and they're still partners to this day, business wise. And, and so it was, it was a great cause. Right. But I still remember his phone call and it's just, you know, kind of sharing that moment with your dad as, as you guys would both know of going to games your entire life. And that, that was pretty cool though. It's like, you know, he was, he, he said some nice things and, and I'll always remember that. So you're, so the plays, you know, he had a couple threes that were a pivotal yep. part of the game. But yeah. then the one that I probably the coach and me probably got the most excited about is that you hit a three and then you come down and you take a charge on Pierre Pierce, which was yeah. a huge part of the game. And I remember you getting up and pointing the other direction. It was just a phenomenal play. You, we, we, uh, yeah, that was, yeah. I mean, we, we had, God, he was, he was before his time, uh, Dave Edwards. He was, uh, he was our, um, director of uh, basketball ops. He was our scout guy, but he would put so much time into tendencies and, you fast forward and I think it's kind of like what, what they're seeing now, but he was so ahead of his time on what guys would do in specific situations where like, Hey, if it's, if he needs a basket or if he's at the top of the key, or if he's doing these type of things, he usually goes left, but he'll go left specifically. If, if it's this situation, I just remembered like he's going to go this way. So I was able to jump and get lucky. And that was, yeah, that was a big play, but um, it was fun. I mean, I love, I love the coaches teammates that that's what you miss out of all those things just the experience you had with those guys and the celebrating in the locker room and you know having some fun afterwards as well so you're playing against other Iowans in that game yeah. as well you're playing against Jeff Warner Glenn Worley yeah I think Holosko was sitting out there about, too yeah. yeah I forgot about Glenn Worley um Adam Holosko Holosko was a redshirt that year and then uh Horner Bruner oh yeah here, like you had said um they had a really good team uh, you know, I think a year or two after that, they were like a two or three seed in the NCAA tournament. They were really good. And lost. And, um, <laughs> right. Those beating those guys is even better. I, 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 I to, still to this day, I don't know what my deal is, but I just, I just can't stand. I just can't stand Iowa. So were you, were you was there any talking going on during that game? <laughs> you know, you, I never really talked guy. I never talked a lot to guys and, and they never, I never got into it. Um, not, not a ton. Those guys would just kind of say, you know, most of the time to be like, Hey, how are you doing? How's, you know, that type of stuff, just cause you've known, you've known each other since AAU, but nothing too, nothing too bad. Can you say the same thing about Holman? Holman's always, he always had something to say. <laughs> he would, you know, what would be great is, and I still give him, I still give him crap to this day. There was never a, sh- if, if, if you took a shot and missed it, 
he'd be pissed off because he'd essentially say, you could have passed it inside of me. Like you missed it. So I, that's on you. He'd be yelling at me down the court, like kicking inside. You know, if I, if I ever missed a shot, which um, time to time would happen, but he, he was, he cracked me up with that stuff. He always wanted the ball. So how much talk, how good, at, how good at trash talking was, was Stinson? Man, Kurt, Kurt would, Kurt would talk a little bit, but I don't know if you guys remember, he was just so serious. Oh, right. Yeah. He just, you would just see it in his eye and he would get like in a mood or in this, you know, and you didn't want to, even as us, you didn't want to, you just let Kurt kind of do his thing, but he was focused, but he would, I remember when, I remember when Quinn Snyder, do you remember this? It was his freshman year and Quinn Snyder had kind of said like, Hey, I don't believe that Curtis back up. So Curtis was, he, he did the prep school route. So he was actually two years removed from high school coming to Iowa state. Right. Quinn Snyder said, you know, I don't, I don't think that the big 12 freshman of the year should be, should be a guy that's been two years removed to high school. It should be a true freshman. Oh man. Kurt heard that in the paper and Kurt read everything. He knew everything from play. I mean, that guy was so smart. And I remember he didn't say anything all game. We beat, we beat Missouri and he went up and I don't know what he said to Quinn Snyder, but you could just see the look. And I think Quinn, he's a nice guy, really nice guy. I don't think he meant that at all, but it's kind of that fuel that you use to sure. get yourself going. And Quinn's like, coach, you know, he went to Wayne and all the coaches like, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean disrespect by it, <laughs> but it, it fueled Curtis. And I remember that, that was Kurt. He, he'd wait. And then when he proved you wrong, you knew it. He was strong. Too right. So, I mean, so good. Yeah. So good. So strong. I mean, I, you know, Kurt ended up leaving our junior after his junior year. I wish he would have came back one more year. He was such a great college player, and and you know, just a few things. I mean, guys, it's so close from you know playing overseas and in the NBA and in the D League and all these things. I mean, because you see these guys now. I mean, some guys are in the D League and they end up getting their shot and they play fantastic in the NBA and he was so close. I remember he was, they won a championship with the Iowa energy team and yeah. he, he was phenomenal. I, I loved Kurt. Great guy, great competitor. Um, and one of those guys you just miss. And did you have to like guard, did you have to guard those guys in practice like Blaylock and Curtis Simpson? That was kind of probably tough for you. Oh, oh it was brutal. It, it, <laughs> Jake, you know, it was it, Jake Sullivan was the one too. We, we, my freshman and, my freshman and, and sophomore year, we played because we we're both two guards. So he'd be on first, I'd be on reserve. And man, Jake, and I think Jake was sick of me because I'd foul him. I, <laughs> the only way, if, if I wasn't beating Jake, then I was never going to get in the game. So, you know, anything I could do to make Jake look bad. And Jake would, he would get annoyed with me. He, he, he'd slap me a few, few times in the back of the head and run. But he, that, that was, I, our competition was was a friendly but great one, and we went at each other two years pretty good. So you also played with Sean Taggart, right? Yep. And so then he ended up going to Memphis. Yeah. Memphis. Yeah. Derrick yeah. Rose playing the Final Four. I was going to bring that up. So like your senior year, you come out your first exposition game and you lose to EA Sports. What yeah. ha- what happened there? <laughs> I don't remember. Hey, what? That's a great question. That that's. That's a deal where any game, any game, probably not focused, probably, um, you know, we, we started, I think we were ranked to start the season too. Yeah. You guys had, you guys would look, look back at a loaded roster, like with Sean Taggart and we had a loaded, yeah, we had a loaded, here's the deal with Sean Taggart. He got sick. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He was a four star. He was like a four, 
make close to a five-star guy coming out. He could have gone to like Memphis and it still ended up going to Memphis, but he got super sick, lost like 30 pounds. Oh, really? And he was kind of supposed to be that anchor of that team. And that, that set us back. And, and he, he was never right. He, he never mm-hmm. got right all year. He was so talented. And, and we were just missing a few things that year. We lost so many close games, just, um, you know, down the stretch that, that, that we shouldn't have. And, but yeah, that, that was tough, but the EA sports, you know, I probably missed a few shots. I, I'm sure we, you know, probably weren't connected and dialed in, you know, that stuff, that stuff just happens. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. we're, we're talking to Shane power yeah. and I said, yeah. I, you know, when you guys came off the big 12 championship game, you went to overtime with Morningside the next year <laughs> yeah. to open yeah. the year and everybody's looking at each other. What is going on? So, I mean, Exhibition we, games are what they are. I, mean, I think it was on a Sunday yeah. too. It was yeah. like a weird and, time. And that junior season, where you know, people, you you get a little complacent. People are patting you on the back. We we had a good finish to our junior season. Went to the NCAA tournament. Uh, that's when we played Carolina in the NCAA tournament. Oh that yeah, a team that won it all. I think that was that might have been Roy Williams' first national championship. Um, that's when they were just loaded with like four. I think they had four lottery pick guys in their starting lineup. Sean May and Ty Lawson. They were loaded. Yeah. So just speaking of that, who tell so tell us some of the guys you guarded, you know, some of the most talented players you 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 were, you know, in front of them guarding them. So man, I can't believe I'm guarding this guy or the play. Maybe yeah. you saw somebody do something that, you know, was only going to be in a video game, and then you're watching it live while you're playing. Is there something that comes yeah. to mind? You know, he, you know who was great. It, I always was in. You know, I'll give you. A, I was I was always in awe of the shots Jake Sullivan could make mm. because. He was, he was, and everyone saw it, but just imagine that in practice, what he would do, because in the game, it's so much faster and everything in practice, he would, you would be just hanging on him and, and he just, he wouldn't miss. We'd play pickup games. He'd shoot like 80% from three. So I was always amazed by how well he could shoot the ball. But um, as far as uh, competition, you know, Tony Allen was, Tony Allen was so strong. I remember there was a time we were going for a loose ball. And he went for it. I went for it. And he picked up the ball. I'm, 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 I'm not kidding. He picked the ball and myself up. He <laughs> both up. And feel like this, I was, you know, I wasn't a small guy. I was at 195, 200. And I just felt like a little baby in his arms. Like the guy could have just dropped me at any moment, you know. But he was, he was good. Kirk Heinrich, you know, he was, he was another one of those amazing players because he was a floor general and, and could do anything and was so fast. Obviously, ended up having you know ten plus years, I think, in the NBA. Tony Allen court. was in the NBA a long time too. Tony Allen, he yeah. was an all defensive. He was an all defensive guy yeah. um, for a number of years. So those guys, those guys were pretty tough, for sure. So do you remember a dunk that, or anything like that? that you, know, you know who you know who dunked on our head, who came up, and, and I just knew it was over. Do you remember Joey Graham at Okie State? No, Joey, that's one I don't remember. I don't remember. That, no. that was when they they made the. Uh, Final four with um, Eddie Sutton, and he came up. I'll never forget. Joey Graham came up and took off. I thought it was the free throw line, and just I just got out of the way. <laughs> what were you going to do? Especially for me, I could I could barely dunk it. Um, but there was a there was a few good ones. I would also remember what I remember a ton too was the places we played. Yeah. You know, there was nothing like Allen Fieldhouse and and going to Okie State. Um, but Allen Fieldhouse was great because their students would come in you know, similar to what they're doing now at with the cycling alley, they come in an hour and a half before the game 
And they would just drill, just drill you the entire time from warm-ups throughout the game. Um, but that, those places, I remember that those, it was pretty unique to play in, in those different arenas and, and in those atmospheres. What about the Antlers in Missouri? They're legendary for being pretty abusive. They were good. They, the, what, what, what was the old, uh, what was, is it the Hearn What was the old Hearn center? I think so. Yeah. Oh man, that was, that would get, that, that was probably one of the louder ones. Cause it just went straight up. It was just mm. built to where it went straight up and it seemed like there were like six levels. But yeah, that was Missouri was a tough place to too. It's a tough place to play as well. So you go from not winning a Pig Golf Road game until you beat Texas, and then mm-hmm. a couple weeks later you win at Kansas. Number they're number two in the nation or number three in the nation. So like, yeah, what was like? It was just what was that? How was that game? Like, did you do you remember anything that for particular in that game? Like you're like, wow, we're doing this. We went on a yeah. We kind of we went on a nice run. I think we had won. We started. We started. Uh, we started Big 12 play 0 and 5, and then we won, I think, seven or eight straight. And Kansas was one of them. I don't think Kansas had lost a home game, and I think they'd won like 50 straight. Yeah. And um, I remember, I remember Curtis Stenson. You know, he had a week before with practice where you know he was he was pissed about something. You know, he wasn't seeing eye eye to eye on some things with coaches, and you just didn't know. You're like, man, we've been on such a run. And Kirk came out. I don't know what he finished with. He could have been close to 30, but he just carried us that entire game because it, was, it wasn't a high-scoring game, but just big shot after big shot. And it seems like whenever you play at Kansas, you got to play against, you know, the crowd and some of the calls don't go your way. And, yeah, I remember that. That was another moment. That, you know, when we won that one, we didn't dump uh, champagne on Wayne. You know what we dumped on Wayne? An entire cooler of water. <laughs> and ruined another $3,000 suit. ruined another Ruined another suit. Um, but not a lot of people would get, you know, the feeling we had, not a lot of people went at Kansas. And, you know, that bus, that bus ride home and, and, you know, that feeling that, that was, that was, that was awesome. Uh, it really was. But I remember Curtis Stenson, Jared Holman was, got every rebound that game. And, um, yeah, it was, it was one of those things where Kirk kind of took us on his back, and just was that guy the entire game. Were you part of the Phantom free throw at the Kansas too? You remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. Because I remember Holman. I thought he was going to have an aneurysm, and I about did watching the game because I knew what was going on. Yeah, that was. Um, I think that was the following, or I can't. Maybe it was our sophomore year. I, one of the two, but yeah, the, that was insane. We, it, insane. To this day, I'll, I'll never, I'll never understand how that we we had two free throws. We shoot one, miss the first free throw. They take it. You know who hit it? I think J.R. Giddens or something hits. Right, it was J.R. Giddens. Yeah. And they count. They screw up. But instead of going back and taking away the three they make, they give them credit for the three. We have to shoot one free throw, and then they get the ball back. I mean, it, it, it's it's and insane. Didn't, it's kind didn't of they end up winning by like three points? Yeah, we yeah. ended up coming back and making it a game, and and that was kind of the deciding factor. And, you know, it's funny. You ask them what's going on. They just shrug their shoulders. Like, you know, what do you, what do you want us to do? And now they've gotten better where they'll get plays right. Jeez, back then they would just shrug their shoulders and say, it is what it is. It's already been played. You know, move on. Well, I mean, I remember watching the game live and yeah. yelling that, you know, it's two shots and Holman standing at the free, at the on the lane saying, what are we doing? And then they yeah. make the shot. Then they blow the whistle. Yeah. 
And then it's the it's the referee. It's the dude from Orange City. Was yeah. the ref was Holman, ref Holman finally had an excuse not to get back. That was finally his excuse <laughs> to hustle back to the other end of the floor. I, re- was- I remember Coach Morgan talking to that guy that's the the Division One ref from Orange City, and I remember watching them saying, "There's nothing we can do." And I said, "Man, it always said, you know, it was crazy. You get that a lot to where you know it's changed so much now, and I get it. They had a tough job. You don't have replay, and the technology is not even close to the same, but." They, that's all they'd say. Like, what do you want? What do you want us to do? We, there's nothing we can do. Came but at. they, but they gave you the free throw, so they acknowledged <laughs> yeah. that they messed up. Yeah. Because otherwise, yeah. they wouldn't have given you the other free we, throw. We went back and shot the free throw. That's what was crazy. Well, back and shot the free throw. We shot like a technical free throw. There's no one on the line. It was just him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Uh, I'm still getting wound up ever watching that game. That was crazy. Can you imagine if Larry was a coach still? <laughs> oh man, I, I I love those things. He 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 would. I'm talking the entire game was just on guys. And, and uh, that was another thing with Larry where just grown men, grown men were just intimidated by the guy. He had such a presence. And um, yeah, it was, you know, it would have been interesting to see what he would have been ejected. I know that. There oh, was yeah. That. Yeah. Johnny would have been ejected too. I mean, yeah, there Johnny, was, Orr. yeah. Johnny Orr would have been run out of that one. Yeah, I, I think Wayne got it. That, that's what was important. I, I don't know if they teed him up though. I don't know. I think they knew they screwed up so bad. I don't know if if Wayne got a tee. I don't think he did. Yeah. So I mean, I'm, I'm I know we're going back and forth here, but I just had a thought come to mind. So when you made those threes against Iowa, I'm sorry that we're going backwards, <laughs> but I don't know if you remember this or not. But there's a guy named Steve Dace who's got a big political <laughs> podcast now. He was on the Jock, I think, and. In Des Moines or KXNO, whatever it is, and and he interviewed you, and I listened to it the next day. Do you remember what you said to him when he said, "What did you do after making these big shots in the game and becoming a legend in Iowa State history?" Do you remember what you said to him? I know. So he he said, "My mom and dad and I went out to went out to Culver's, and that's, that's right. how we celebrated." And so so Steve Day starts making fun of you. He goes, "What a very Iowa thing to do! Make some of the biggest shots of your life and go get a couple butter burgers." Yeah, that's right. Cheese curds too, right? right. Uh, yeah, uh, that that was, I was we you can't Culver's is that's an institution. No, right. that, yeah, that was. I do remember Steve Day's. Yeah, that's um, funny. Yeah, Culver's. That's exactly what we did. That's funny. Um, do you growing up an Iowa State fan? Do you remember any games like particular like your what are your favorite games going in person? Oh gosh, you know I went to a couple of the Kansas games where they won with with um, with Hoiberg. Um, you know, with some of those, we you know it was a tough ticket. It was yeah. a, you know you we'd usually have to go just because it was so hard to get in those games. You catch them on TV, but we'd usually have to go to those you know those you know non conference type games. But I was able to see a couple Kansas games. Um, I was also able to see a Kansas game when um, two. What was it? The year before I went, and that was when Drew Gooden was there, and and uh, they had that really good team that was, I think, number one in the country the entire year. Um, but yeah, I, I was able to see a Hoiberg game where they beat, and that's just you. You guys know this. That, that's that's. There's nothing better than than going to the game. Going, we don't. I, I have an older brother. We'd get to go and do that. And half the time we'd be getting in trouble. The other half we'd be, you know, watching the games and doing, doing that. Or with football games, we'd be sliding down the hill and flying through stuff, trying to break in to, to the locker room when no one's in there. So we were, 
we were always find, finding things to do, but man, there was nothing better than going to games. I just remember all of it, just in a collection of great games, whether it's football or basketball. So who do you keep in contact with out of the, those guys you, that you've listed off you played with? Those are guys that, you know, you said something about Haluska. I'm assuming he's Holman and you still keep in contact. Yeah. Every, every once in a while with, with Holman, Jared's, Jared's one of my best friends and gosh, I talk to him at, you know, every other day or sometimes every day. And, and he's in similar field. He's in the healthcare field like I am. And, and so we've got a lot in common from, from that standpoint. Um, coach wise, Dave Edwards, I still stay in contact with him. He was an assistant when I was there. Um, you know, you'll, you'll do like with what's great with Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff, you'll send guys messages and, and stay in touch with like Curtis and Will and, and all of those guys as well. Dave Brate, he's down in Florida. He's, he's, uh, uh, owns Jimmy John's locations. Now he's setting that up. Maybe really? Wow. Yeah. So he's, he's down there conquering the Jimmy John's world in Florida, but cool. Any guys I can, I got to get better. I, I know they, I don't think they did last year, but doing Every August, I think they bring all the players back. Right. So I've, I've got to get back and, and see the guys because it is – that's what you remember out of all this stuff. It, it's, the games are great and, and all those things, but it's the people. It, 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 the people that you meet and the experiences that you share, I mean, that's what you take with you. Well, and, from, and, and you guys are such a, you know, ingrained in the Iowa State, you know, family. I mean, your dad yeah. was a legend there. I mean, then – you were, you know, obviously had your moment in the sun with Iowa State. Patrick played defensive end um, yeah. for Iowa State. So, again, you know, and I tailgated with your dad. And like I said, you know, yeah. so I've, you know, you've been in and out of Iowa State forever. And, you know, it's got to be kind of fun heading into a football season that everybody's yeah. looking forward to because you remember the Troy Davis days. But now I don't know if we've ever had a more hyped year no. than this. And back when your dad was playing, we were really good, you know, but – everybody's taking our word for it because the games weren't on TV. I mean, when I was yeah. a kid, you know, in the late seventies and junior high, you know, you'd see maybe one game a year if you're lucky. And now it's, you know, with all of the social media and everything, everybody's so hyped about football that. Yeah. I mean, they, they, that you're exactly, I mean, with John Quinn and Mike Stendrud and Randall and all these great guys, they had so many good players. Um, yeah, you just, you have to, and I'd always hear it, you know, it's funny, we'd watch videos of my dad, and we'd make fun of him, just because they, you know, they, they're about 260, now they're 320, right? and, you know, it's like, you would have been a free safety back then, dad, and, and he gets, he, he, he gets competitive with that, but I'm excited, you know, we'll be, I'll be heading out to Vegas for that, for the football game against UNLV, and back for the Iowa game, and it seems like, it seems like Campbell's all in, it's certainly, He's he's committed to Iowa State. Obviously, Iowa State's committed to him, and it's it's pretty exciting what he's done. I mean, especially being here in Chicago, you you see you just see more and more fans. Games are being pl played at the bar. When I first moved here, you know nothing was on, and it seems like just that consistency over the years that he's built. Um, it's been fun to watch, and and it sounds like they're going to have a pretty special year. Sounds like they've got the right guy that. That, that's hopefully going to stick around. Yeah, you mentioned that Vegas game. They set the times today. It's a 7.30 kick. Oh, did they? Yeah, so it's what time is it? Seven, night game? Se night game, 7.30. 7.30 p.m. Yeah. That okay. is going to be a mess. It's going to be a long day. <laughs> That'll be – are you guys going to go out? Uh, I think I am for sure. I'm not sure. Are you? You know, I got a, I've still got a sophomore playing in high school, so he'll have a game Friday night. So Oh, that's right. I'm not going to yeah. miss that, but – no, that's tough. Yeah, but it, it'll, it'll be, be fun. fun. I mean, I don't know how UNLV is supposed to look. Iowa's going to – it sounds like they're going to be tough. 
But, um, you know, what are, what are your kind of thoughts on Campbell and everything? I mean, I, I, I know the entire state is, is pretty excited about this team and the success they've had. It's honestly, I have to pinch myself every, like, we haven't yeah. had a season like half the hype this year. And, like, growing up as an Iowa State fan, like, we were not very good. And, like, seeing yeah. in the Athlon, the magazines, us being in the top ten, it's just, like, it's it's unreal. It's, I honestly, yeah. and, like, last year I had a chance to go with some games when it was the COVID year, and it was just such a strange, eerie feeling of we have one of the best team, probably the best team in Iowa State and yeah. we've ever had, and we have like 15,000 fans there and I just could, couldn't imagine what it would have been like with like, and like your dad, I don't know if your dad went to any games last year. Like, yeah, he, like who has been an Iowa state guy for a long time and he couldn't go to the games back then last year. And that's a tough, that's the tough part. Yeah. You really feel like you missed out on, on some of that success. Um, hopefully, hopefully this year it'll, they'll, they'll, they'll get to where they need to. So. Yeah, well, I mean, your dad, you know, <laughs> got me into the Sukup Center. I'd never been in that place before. I mean, Man, that, they, is, their that is crazy. I mean, the facilities have changed so much. I mean, they're building, it seems like they're putting more and more. And, and that, that's such a credit to, to Jamie Pollard as well. Man, he's been, he came in, um, you know, when, when we were still there. And he's been, he's been fantastic. And, and yeah. it's kind of. It's kind of followed through on everything he said. He's he's really built uh, great programs, hired some some great coaches, and and it's raised a lot of money. No kidding. Well, so have you followed the whole TJ thing? I mean, with all of the yeah. transfers, I mean that's just been complete metamorphosis over the last three months. Yeah, I you know I don't know the the exact specifics. I met TJ just briefly. He was he, they came in after my senior year. Um, but you just kind of know when you meet guys, you know, he's, he was personal, friendly, engaging, uh, very, very nice guy. You could tell he was a talented guy that just, you know, connected it with, with, with each person he interacted with. Um, and, and everyone loved him. So it seemed like they got the right guy. Um, and he's had success. My gosh, he's, he's been from school to school, just kind of getting promoted wherever he's landed. So he's had a ton of success. Um, and it looks like early on he's having that same success uh, in the recruiting battle. It's crazy that your era actually butts up against the TJ era just a little yeah. bit, you know, because yeah. McDermott comes in the next year. Came in, yep. With, with uh, TJ, and now, you know, we're talking about stuff that seems like it was a long time ago, but that kind yeah. of brings it into a reality that it wasn't that long ago. I mean, you know, he might, he was, yeah, he was in his mid, mid to late twenties and you knew, you know, you just kind of know those type of guys. He was in mid to late twenties. You knew he, he was, you know, he was talented and special and that he, he got it. And, you know, fast forward, you know, 15, 20 years later and he's running the program. So yeah, it's crazy. I, yeah. I've no doubt that he's going to, he's, he's the right guy and that they're going to get back to, to where they need to be. So tell us what you're doing now, John. I mean, tell us a little bit about what your, what your life is like now. Yeah, it's, um, I, I live, uh, like I said, living in downtown Chicago, I'm in, I'm in uh, healthcare industry and, and have been in the healthcare, uh, medical sales diagnostic for about the last 10 years and, and have worked with some really great companies, uh, Boston scientific currently with Abbott and, um, treating patients with chronic pain with, with implantable devices. So 
you know, it's, 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 it's nice that you go in to work each day and, and see that, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of pain out there. There's a, there's a lot of stories to where people are going through um, a lot more than you are. And, and, and um, to, to really not take life for granted, because usually where we see these patients, uh, they're, they're kind of at the end of the pain cycle and they don't have any options. The, the, the procedure we're offering is kind of their, their last, their last chance. So, wow. um, similar to us kind of talking about, you know, stories and basketball and all those types of things, you know, you meet these people that kind of had normal lives and had a traumatic event and, and their entire life changes. And, and so we've, we've kind of played a part in helping them and, and providing a therapy that's very successful and, and kind of restoring some of the things that, that, that others take for granted. So it's, it's been something I've been in for about 10 years now and, and love it. Um, kind of humbles you and, and, and get you to appreciate things. But, um, and then for fun, I got golf a ton, uh, love, love, uh, it with Chicago and things opening up, love kind of going out and enjoying the variety of restaurants we have. And, and then, um, gosh, I mean, it, I'd be crazy to say that I don't go to bulls games, bulls games that have opened up Cubs, white Sox, bears. I mean, it's, it's the best sport restaurant city you, you can imagine. So it's, cool. it, it's a lot of fun. And you're not very far from far from home either. So you can still get back to the Neil stuff and all that. Right. I try to get, you know, my, both my brothers have, uh, one's got two and, and the other one just had a little baby girl. So my mom's a grandmother. She's in heaven. So I all get right. back as much as I can. I still remember your youngest brother when I lived next door to you, I was sitting yeah. there watching TV and he runs by in diapers down the middle of the street and your mom, your mom, no, excuse me. Your mom goes for a walk with the neighbor. Yeah. And then about five minutes later, here comes your little brother in diapers going like this, yelling yeah. for mom, chasing her, chasing her down the street. So that was another one of my Neil. It's funny because, you know, you always people, my brothers complain and, and my poor mom, you know, my dad was a traveling salesperson for, for years and kind of started his own business and was always gone. And right. she had four boys that didn't listen to a thing. And, and I don't know how she did it. God oh. bless her. But we Amen were, Neighbors, you talk to neighbors, you're running around diapers with breaking stuff, whatever it was. We were a handful. Yeah, Patrick used to run around our house and knock on the windows. <laughs> so that, that was, yeah, that, it was a, it was 12 months that I'll never, or what, I don't even know if it was that long that we lived next door to you. Yeah. It, was, it was a lot of fun because it was a lot of fun. There's a lot of stories that I probably, I'm not going to try to embarrass anybody. You were a good neighbor. Gonna... There was, there was neighbors that definitely got tired of us. That's for sure. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, we, I looked up for you. It was easy to look up to you because my dad knew your whole family and you were living my dream. I was living through you, like the Iowa game and the Texas game, the Kansas game. And it was it was awesome watching you growing up and uh, meeting you. And you were so nice. When I, I remember when you were so little, you were so nice to me. And I appreciate you coming on the podcast. You're, well, we yeah. got to give a plug to your dad's deal. I mean, yeah. he, this is unsolicited, but Neil Insurance in West Des Moines. Brian, Neil, and your brothers, you know, if you ever want to throw some business their way, I'm sure yeah. Brian wanted to turn it down. Tell them Sound the Sirens sent you there. We're, yeah. That's right. totally un, unsolicited plug for your dad. So, yeah. 
if if you're looking, yeah, if you're looking for anything, give them a call. And then if you want to make fun of, if you want to make fun of me, give them a call. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, John, I really appreciate you helping out. You're only what number? What number of interviews is this? This is number three, number four. Number, yeah, you're one of the first interviews for this. So we're getting yeah. merch. Oh man, we got some merch coming. So we'll have to get your sizes and we'll get it out to you. So oh, good. I lo I love good merchandise. Yeah, send it my way. Yeah. You yeah. guys, I, I watch the other ones. It sounds like you guys are creating some good momentum. Yeah, this is all him. I mean, he yeah. did all of this. This is all his deal. Cool. I'm, I'm just filling in as the uh, as the the historical guy when we bring in stuff that he doesn't remember. Yeah. So, so yeah. you have to do you have to do when you're out in Vegas. You have to run around and and kind of do a whole deal like a little Vegas trip and and get get yeah. get the get the uh, experience from all angles. Get it from the casino, the game, the tailgate, and everything. Yeah, who knows? We might run into each other in the tailgate lots. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, so we really appreciate it, John. Thanks, John. Right, Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.